Welcome back to season two. We are so grateful for your continued support and for those new to the podcast. We look forward to sharing our getting dirty and growing strong stories with you. Where the Lotus Grows is an entirely listener-supported show. Supporting us is also designed to support you through keeping the growth flowing and also through rewards like guided meditations, personal affirmations, and extended behind-the-scenes content of our adventures and podcasting. Hop over and visit patreon.com backslash where the lotus grows and become a supporting member of the Creatitarian community. Creatitarians, getting dirty and growing strong. Welcome back, Creatitarians. We're so happy to have you joining us today. Kim, today you want to share with our listeners uh, simple tricks to breathing your way out of an afternoon slump. I love yeah. I get the afternoon slump. Do you get the afternoon slump? I get the afternoon slump and the I get the early morning slump as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I get I get the right before bed slump where I just give up. <laughs> Well, you know, this segment is for you if you have trouble getting up in the morning, Mm -hmm. if you get stuck with the afternoon slumps, if you feel cold in the course of the day. Yeah, these are all things that you can need to signs, I guess, that you need to stroke your internal fire with breathing techniques. I love it. So there was a Kundalini yogi. And they said, I always do it when I'm about to fall asleep behind the wheel. It's a real pick-me-up, like a cup of coffee, but without the drawbacks. So oftentimes, you know, in the afternoon slump, we we tend to go for caffeine yeah. and sugar. I'm guilty. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, I'm having, I noticed since the season's changing, I'm having a real uh, tough time with the caffeine. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm doing that way too much and I need to really turn to my uh, breath practice right but, well and uh, if you rely on it too much it's almost like it, then it stops working and you have to cut yourself off so <laughs> it, it'll work again <laughs> so I, I love yeah. the idea of using some pranayama to, to fill that gap mm-hmm. well while many yoga styles use breath right kundalini's aim is to let the energy of your lower chakras your energy centers flow to your higher chakras. And the lower chakras represent the more earthy and selfish desires, while the higher ones stand for love and connection. So in yoga, you hear about that kundalini kundalini energy rising, and the kundalini energy is stored in your first chakra. So that's close to your coccyx. And it's often pictured like a coiled up sleeping snake. And when the snake wakes up, it represents your awareness. It moves up along the chakras to bring you to a higher state of being. And this breathing technique is one of the ways that you can kind of wake up the so-called snake. And it fans the, you know, fans your flames of your kundalini energy so it can flow through your entire body. Nice. I've always loved that visual of the serpent in the Kundalini tradition. Just the image of a serpent rising as energy builds is really powerful. <laughs> and I, I want to mention, because it's my thing, 
um, to mention this sort of thing, but the type of fatigue that we're discussing combating, I'm using air quotes with that word because it's not a nonviolent word, um, <laughs> is, is actually can be a result itself of poor breathing patterns. So often related to dun, 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 stress. This is where that's my topic. Um, so you can find yourself in that slump. Like I do think it's a natural part of the thing that some cultures even take a nap in the, in the middle of the day, because it is a time of day that we typically find a slump. But I just wanted to mention that sometimes specifics related to breathing can cause fatigue. So over breathers, usually using the mid chest for like, quick breaths, almost like a hyperventilation. Um, Mm -hmm. This is often related to like the anticipation of stress or a reaction of the sympathetic nervous system and shallow upper chest breathers. So using the clavicles more than, than the diaphragm, this is often related to anxiety, um, which is also worry or stress Um, can, can result in like not getting enough oxygen in your bloodstream. And so then what's happening is you start to get fatigued and you get tired. So this is, um, when we get into what I assume we're going to talk about some diaphragmatic and some other, um, breathing techniques, I, I suspect the direction that you're moving in is maybe some Kabbalabati and that kind of thing, um, I just wanted to point out that breathing itself can contribute to that feeling of fatigue if you're not breathing properly. So just in general, before we get into these different techniques to kind of bring you out of a slump, is to notice if you have shallow breathing or maybe over breathing, that that just shifting your pattern of natural breath with some practice may contribute to relieving some of that fatigue. <laughs> yeah, and maybe we can have a whole episode um, on breathing and the anatomy of breath. Uh, I'm not sure that we have really talked about it in that way because I think there's, as you were talking, I, a lot of things were coming up that I was like, oh, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But um, you, your intuition is right. We're going to go right into uh, some breath of fire because you can break the, the craving pattern by changing the rhythm of your breath. So when you crave that caffeine or that sugar, if you decide to take that 30 seconds or five minutes, whatever you have, and check in with where is the current rhythm of my breath? Have I been holding my breath? Am I doing shallow breathing? Am I over breathing? And then choose to, you know, change the rhythm. And sometimes you hear breath of fire benefits, such as um, it helps improve confidence I have a better immune system. I have beautiful skin, right? And that's because the breath is massaging your organs in your belly, helping to reduce stress, anxiety feelings, anxious feelings, and increase empowerment. So you know when you don't want to get out of bed, right? Because you have uh, this project to do and um, maybe it's like around here you're getting, it's getting really cold, right? Mm-hmm. But that itty bitty shitty committee sending you messages like, how am I going to man- go on managing this? Um, I have so much to do. My to-do list is so big. Or you're just <laughs> dying for some chocolate or a drink of wine or hot tea, right? You don't want to give in, right? You, you were like, ah. But you use your breath to break these patterns by 
chasing that, that rhythm of your breath just by changing it. Even if you only do it for 30 seconds, just maybe one round of breath of fire is all you need to shift that pattern for yourself. I love that. So yeah, I was thinking about today was one of those days where I didn't want to get up and go to the gym. I wanted to pull the covers up over my head um, and I didn't want to do any of it. <laughs> um, and, and actually I compromised. I got up and I did a personal yoga practice instead of going to the gym, but I still got up and I still got out of bed and I still got moving. So this breath of fire, uh, as you mention it, and I, named it earlier, which is Kabbalah Bhatte is the um, Sanskrit word for this type of breath. So let's explain a little bit more about what you like about this breath. And then maybe we'll go into a little bit of how it's done and all of the different benefits. Yeah. Well, what I like about the breath is it helps me get out of my head and into my body more. So for example, if I'm trying to do something and I'm overthinking it, I can't relax into the rhythm, right? I get lightheaded, but if I let go and flow into the rhythm of this breath, it's great and I seek all the benefits. So it mirrors if I'm trying to push something to happen in my life, mm -hmm. it's, it's going to flow. It's not going to flow, right? If I let things flow, then, I, then I'll... Um, you know, create more ease. But if I'm pushing something to happen, it's not flowing and I'm creating suffering. So if I let go and flow, then I learn to trust my body. I find the empowerment. I learn to be patient with the process of my life. Um, and usually if you get lightheaded or dizzy, even nauseous, then you're not quite doing this breath right. So it's best to come back to your natural breath for a period of time and then you can revisit it. So when you're first starting out, you know, you start off with small doses, right? Mm -hmm. And some ways to do this wrong is that perhaps you're pulling the stomach in on the inhale uh, breath. And that's not what we want to do, right? So first be sure that when you breathe in, your belly and chest rise. When you breathe out, your belly and chest fall towards the spine. And when you start with this breath, you'll find that your breath, you, you breathe out forcibly once, and then you breathe in passively next. And you can build this up, you know, several times per minute. So, you know, how long can you do it really depends on how fast you breathe out. But a good starting point is two rounds of 30 seconds with a natural breathing period in between. And I find that my entire abs, you know, all the way around my spine, <laughs> they get toned from this breath because you're, you're consciously um, active with your diaphragm. And it's like a parachute or umbrella-shaped muscle, right, is the diaphragm in your midriff that's always working in the respiratory function. So when you breathe out, your diaphragm goes up. And your belly button moves towards your spine. And when you breathe in, the diaphragm goes down and the organs of your belly move forward, making it bulge a little bit. And you feel this bulge in your pelvic floor, the perineum at the same time. Right. So to, for a little, a little bit more explanation, um, or at least the way that I was taught to practice Kabbalah Bhatti, because I like how you're kind of explaining it. 
Um, I was always taught it's like a sip of breath in and a forceful exhale. And then your next breath in, because you did that forced exhale, kind of just comes in naturally. Like your body allows the air to come in because you need it. Oftentimes when we think about breath, most people think deep breath in, right? That's what, that's what anytime you think about breath, breath is like, take a deep breath in. This is more focusing on the exhale. And by focusing on forcing out the exhale a little bit, the inhale comes in more naturally. So Kabbalah Bhatti is a clearing and cleansing practice. Kim called it the breath of fire. One of the other uh, names for it is the skull shining breath. So Kabbalah is skull and Bhatti is to shine or by means of cleansing or polishing. So this is a really nice cleansing breath as well. Um, and it's, as Kim was describing the physical workings of it, you know, the diaphragm goes down and you, then the, the organs in your belly move forward and kind of moving in and up on the inhale. Um, it's, it works kind of in an effect to laughter. Like it has the same kind of energizing effect on your body. Um, the active breath starts and, and I am going to cite a little here just to, so that our listeners know, um, a little bit from Doug Keller. So it's a series of short and light, but relatively forceful puffs of exhalation using the abdominal muscles, pr principally in the area of the navel, as Kim described. The exhalation is active and thus focuses on this stage of the pranayama. The initial inhalation, on the other hand, is passive. Like I said, I was taught for it to be a sip. The in-breath comes with the release of the downward diaphragm as you relax your abdominal muscles after um, contracting them to exhale. By releasing the belly, your breath comes back in effortlessly without having to do any work to pull your breath in. So that's where that kind of automatic come in happens because you're focusing on the exhale. There's a little tiny bit of retention, the little kumbak, and holding the breath in between. And the exhalation is the third stage. And that's that kind of forceful um, exhale. Because Kabalabati oxygenates the blood quickly, it increases alertness in a short amount of time. So it really can be quick. So it's like Kim said, 30 seconds of breath, maybe one or two rounds could be a quick pick-me-up. And if you actually sat and practiced for 30 seconds to a full minute, um, then you could have a really um, shiny skull, if you will. You'll be have really a nice little pick-me-up and attention to um, refocus on what's going on and kind of letting go of that slump. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. Um, in most cases, I tend to focus more on the exhale with people mm -hmm. because our will to live, the inhale comes naturally. Mm -hmm. And so if we can really focus on that letting go, that works well. Now, there are some, you know, periods of time where I'll focus on the inhale, but I would say overall, I, I probably focus on the exhale more. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, Doug Keller's work, I always appreciate his work specifically with breath, for sure. Um, you know, the breath of fire exercise stimulates your blood circulation, but um, 
do not do this during the first three days of your period or if you're pregnant or if you have high blood pressure Mm -hmm. or if you suffer from hyperventilation, right? Those are periods of times then perhaps, you know, this would be contraindicated for you. I was just going to list those same contraindications. So thank you, Kim. I really appreciate that you, (laughs) (laughs) that you threw that out there. Um, Additionally, um, the breathing book by Donna Farhi is a, a great book of different practices and explanations for the different breaths. But specifically, um, she suggests Kabbalabati, um, you know, for depression. So when you're experiencing being down and one of the things that she's got a practice sequence that has some asana or some, you know, just basic um shoulder rolls and kind of different things to go along with it. But one of the things that she suggests, and I was thinking as we were talking about just the afternoon slump in general, or even that wake up slump, if you have it before you even get out of bed in the morning is percussive tapping on the face. And -hmm. you can just take your middle finger or your first two fingers and tap above your eyebrows. And then maybe your sinus points, maybe below So third eye and above the eyebrows and then maybe below the eyes just a little bit, just a few little taps before you start. Um, It's just a really nice way to kind of get things moving, I guess. It just feels really nice. I'm sure there's some science behind it, but it just feels really nice before a pranayama practice to kind of tap yourself in before you get into doing um, Kabbalabate. So I think this is one of those pranayama practices that are really practical for everyday application. And that's really how we're tying this into yoga therapy today. I do think that we should do an episode on breath and the many different breathing techniques associated with yoga and what they're used for. Um, But I really like that we just did one episode just on Kabbalabhate because it's such a practical practice. pranayama practice for just everyday application to re-energize yourself. Absolutely. So our affirmation this week is, I have all the power that I need. And this affirmation is really a reminder that everything you need to conquer your goals is already within you. That's exactly what this empowering affirmation is about. So remind yourself that you have what it takes. I have all the power that I need. And for our Patreon members, if you head over, there's a handout and audio recording of me teaching you Breath of Fire, and we'll walk you through the process so that you can start your very own practice. Oh, that's wonderful. Additionally, resources on the website will include the two authors that I mentioned, Doug Keller and Donna Farkey, along with uh, a little happiness issue Um, about letting your energy flow, the resource that Kim has provided. We're so happy that you remain with us, Courageitarians, and we'll see you next week. We have conversations about getting dirty and growing strong through exploring the Pachamaya healing model. If you're enjoying our content, there are many ways you can show your support, including posting a review on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform, or by joining our mailing list at wherethelotusgrows.com. Leaving a review will get you an on-air shout-out, and joining our mailing list, you'll get a monthly email full of inspiration to keep you on track. You can also become a supporting member on patreon.com slash where the lotus grows, where your kind support is rewarded with additional gifts and content we've created just for you. We've chosen not to have advertisers, 
So the only way to keep our show going is through your generous Patreon support. We hope that our podcasts uplift you in your world. If you've benefited in any way from our show, please become a supporting member. Kim and I also see clients privately. If you go to the website, there is more information about our private practice websites as well.